Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on His side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to, we've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. And hello, Las Vegas. We are back. It feels like it has been so long since we have gone over what's happening in the world and the news and politics and everything else. We had a a four-part series that Renita had joined me for that we just wrapped up a couple of weeks ago. And then we had a uh, a special edition last week, obviously, since Saturday was the 4th of July. We had a special 4th of July episode that played here on KVXL 101.1 FM in Las Vegas. And now we are back, finally, with a new podcast. Here we go. Of Masks and Musicals, an ode to freedom, if you will. But before we dive in to the masks, to the musicals, we had to go over, I mean, there's just so much that's been happening in the world, whether that be Representative Omar calling for the dismantling of the U.S. economy and political systems. Yes, she said that. There is video. She said it at a press conference. You have uh, prominent leftists on CNN saying that Jesus was not perfect while he was here uh, on this earth. Of course, he was. I'm still waiting for their chapter and verse on that one. You had President Trump going to Mount Rushmore, giving an incredible uh, speech over, I think it was on July, it was either July 3rd, July 2nd, somewhere around there. You have rumors swirling that AOC tweeted that businesses should be shut down until after the election, which, by the way, uh, she did not. Kanye West says he's running for president, has yet to file any paperwork that would actually allow him to do so without being a write-in candidate. But uh, the birthday party he thinks will be alive and well. You have the Trump administration looking at another $1 trillion stimulus package for Americans. The Supreme Court issuing just ruling after ruling. We're going to look at one of the best ones and then, of course, get into the whole debate about masks in general and touch on some musicals. One you most definitely have heard of, the other that perhaps you have not, but both relevant, I believe, to today's conversation. So let's get with what I think are the three big stories of the week and then we will get into the masks and the musicals. First off, Kanye. Some are saying, oh, Kanye no longer supports the president. What about the Make America Great Again hat? What about all the tweets? What about this? What about that? Well, he's not saying that he no longer supports the president per se. He says that his support has diminished. And that that support diminished because he caught wind that the president hid in a bunker during the protests that were happening near the White House last month. Oh, by the way, I I missed one in our little intro of stuff. You also had Mayor Bill de Blasio and the Reverend Al Sharpton assisting with painting Black Lives Matter in bright yellow letters on the road in New York right in front of Trump Tower. Because you know there is no better use of taxpayer dollars than uh, taking part in a political activity during taxpayer-funded time and hours uh, for the mayor. Oh, wait, actually, that would be illegal. Anyhow, um, back to Kanye. Kanye was 
and okay, I need to clarify that because I can I can hear some of you in my head going, wait, what what did you just say? Okay, Black Lives Matter, obviously. If we are just saying the statement, of course, Black Lives Matter. But when you talk about the organization that has co-opted and is utilizing that phrase and is operating politically, this organization is not one that I would argue a Christian could support. They want to fundamentally destroy the traditional family. They are very much um, proponents of abortion. They have a Marxist communist agenda, and this is not a secret. This is on the, the like, well, it used to be on the front page of their website. I haven't checked it today. But you can go and look at their mission statement. Their mission statement is not pro-family. Their mission statement is not pro-America. Their mission statement is not pro-life, not pro-Christian. And so Black Lives Matter, as a political movement, is using, in my opinion, is using the deaths of individuals to push forward a communist agenda in this country, but that's an, another story uh, for another time. If you want to hear all, well not all, but many thoughts on our whole situation as far as race relations in this country, again, Renita, my friend and I did a four-part series on that. You can find that on iTunes or SoundCloud. I believe it's called Race and Righteousness, and you can go and listen uh, to those. But so back to Kanye. Kanye said that during the protests that were happening, uh, the other, uh, I don't know, like a month ago now, uh, that that he that he heard that the president hid in a bunker during the protest. Trump, by the way, has called that a false report. I don't know that we will ever know for sure one way or another. You're taking one person's word against another one. The Secret Service will be the ones that actually know what was happening there. But uh, Kanye West says he considers himself a Republican. He saved his toughest criticism in his, uh, his, his announcements for Joe Biden. He said, Joe Biden, like, come on, man, please. You know, Obama's special, Trump's special. We say Kanye West is special. America needs special people that lead. Bill Clinton's special. Joe Biden's not special. West also said that he is pro-life, pro-school prayer against the death penalty and will run as an independent or possibly as the birthday party because when we win, it's everybody's birthday. His campaign slogan will be yes. Ending police brutality is on one of his uh, to-do lists, and he would seek to govern the country as Wakanda is governed in the movie uh, Black Panther. He also said that he's pro-China, that the coronavirus pandemic is not China's fault. He says that when he becomes president, the NBA will open all the way back up from Nigeria to Nanchang, and the world will see great athletes play. Uh, and the money's going to come back. He loves China. Um, he has also chosen his vice presidential candidate, Michelle Tidball, who is a female preacher from Wyoming. So, there you go. You have Kanye West running for president, potentially. I'm, I'm not saying that he is yet, because again, there are certain procedures you have to follow, and the deadline is very quickly upon us for him to actually file and do something unless he's going to run as a write-in, in which case I don't believe you can take him uh, seriously. And some of you are saying, well, how could you possibly take him seriously regardless? And some of you are not going to like that I say this, but the reason that Kanye can run for president and, uh, 
and people take it seriously is quite frankly because uh, Donald Trump ran for president and uh, and won and was taken very much seriously. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a businessman or a, a, um, um, a cultural figure, cultural icon running for political office. However, up until Trump, there was kind of a, a standard in, in decorum and decency in the process of how politics happened again. We can debate whether or not that whole system is right or wrong. All I'm saying is that Trump has thrown open the door uh, for people like Kanye West, for people like George Clooney, uh, for people like Mark Cuban, for people who previously it would have been like, um, why are you, what? You're running for president? Okay. It, it's changed now. Trump has changed the way politics happened in this country and by doing so has opened the door for Kanye to run for president. If he actually follows through with this, we shall see. The Trump administration looking at $1 trillion for the next coronavirus relief uh, package. Why $1 trillion? Well, because there are Republicans in Congress, rightfully so, who are decrying the fact that our deficit is going through the roof. Now, this is, again, different from our debt. Debt and deficit are different. I did a podcast on this. I don't have time to rehash it today. But essentially, our deficit is that we are we are spending more money than our economy, than we, the taxpayers, are generating. So that's different than our debt. Our debt is what we owe uh, to other uh, nations. Our deficit is the fact that we can't keep up with the amount of money we're spending. Like, not only can we not pay off our debt... We can't even generate enough revenue to keep up with the money that we are we are spending. Like we're literally spending more money than we have. Which you say, well, that is debt. Well, it is, but it's also um, different. <laughs> but anyway, the reason we are looking at a one trillion dollar relief package is because you have Republican uh, Republicans in Congress saying, "Well, we need to calm down here. Look at the jobs reports. Look at the numbers. More people are working, and yes, we have coronavirus issues still. But do we need to be spending more money at a time when we cannot even generate enough revenue to keep up with the amount of money we are currently spending?" So there you go. In August, first week of August, I believe. Or wait, no. Uh, yeah. August is when uh, the recess begins. So uh, they're looking at getting this done, I believe, before then. So potentially another round of stimulus coming. We shall see uh, what that looks like or doesn't look like. The Supreme Court is putting down quite a few rulings in recent days. I don't have time to go through them all today. I don't have time to talk about the, the wins and the losses, although there have been a, a lot of losses, I think, if you are pro-family, pro-constitution. But a big win just this past week was that the Supreme Court has ruled uh, in favor of the, li of the Little Sisters and for uh, religious schools. So we had two, two rulings, excellent rulings. Um, Jim Daly of, uh, of Focus on the Family wrote a piece in Fox News. I'm just going to run through it for you here. Uh, he said, uh, Wednesday's victory at the Supreme Court is a major win for people of faith as a 7-2 decision upheld a 2018 agency regulation allowing the Little Sisters and other religious nonprofit entities to refuse to provide contraception in their employee health plans. In a separate ruling, the high court also held by the same 7-2 margin that religious schools can hire and fire employees who teach the faith free from government interference. In other words, it's reasonable for religious schools to choose teachers according to religious standards, not the government's. That ruling also allows religious schools to fire employees based on behavior or beliefs that are contrary to the institution's moral and spiritual code. 
In other words, it's reasonable for religious schools to expect their teachers to be religious. What a concept. It would be impossible to overstate the importance of these decisions. Both acknowledge and protect religious rights and conscience, foundational principles dating back to our nation's founding. The Little Sisters, well, then he goes on to talk about the, the history of this, Hobby Lobby, um, and then back to talking about the opinion. So I'm just going to drop down to the opinion. The majority opinion struck a decided blow in favor of religious freedom. As Justice Clarence Thomas bluntly wrote in the majority opinion, quote, the plain language of the statute clearly allows the departments to create the preventative care standards as well as the religious and moral exemptions, unquote. But the high court's rulings are not just an important victory for religious schools and a noble religious order and other faith-based groups being discriminated against. It's a triumph for one of our nation's most important founding principles. The unassailable right of religious freedom upon which our republic rests. Both rulings today are significant victories for all people who understand the unique essence of America's founding, and especially for people of faith who also hold in high regard and respect the First Amendment. We all suffer when the government or activist courts decide that religious freedom should take a back seat to the sexual revolution and a worldview that attempts to force people to abandon their deeply held religious beliefs. The court's decision restores some of our hopeful optimism that the freedom of religion and rights of conscience still command the respect they deserve in our pluralistic society. So great news on those two fronts uh, from the Supreme Court. Again, I don't have time today to get into all of the different uh, rulings that were handed down. We saw many that were not favorable, as I mentioned, uh, to pro, pro-life, pro pro-family, pro-Judeo-Biblical Christian values in recent days, but these two uh, were indeed excellent. And speaking of the court, I would strongly encourage you to keep Justice Clarence Thomas in your prayers. There are now rumors circulating that he could uh, retire before... Uh, before Ginsburg, so that is just something to uh, something to bear in mind, something to uh, take into consideration when you look at who you're voting for this fall. And of course, <laughs> regardless, it would seem based on recent rulings that Republicans, well, not Republicans, that conservatives and constitutionalists are still always just one vote away uh, from being, or one justice away from being in the majority, even if they appear to be in the majority. Regardless, some of you will catch what I'm saying there. Some of you will not. That's okay. I don't have time uh, to get into it in depth here because trying, I'm trying to actually do a, a 25 to 30 minute podcast and not drag it out in 45 minutes. So I'm trying to just smash it all down here, give it to you real fast, and then let you go and do some research. Okay, let's talk, if we can, for a few minutes about masks. Masks, of course, being the new fashion statement, the new political statement. From everyone of celebrities to your local Karen in the dentist's office, everybody has an opinion about the mask. And before we, we dive too much into the mask, let, let me just say that I think it is shameful that we have political pundits and uh, political figures and newscasters telling us that we have a surge in cases because we dared to reopen while failing to mention the massive protests and gatherings that took place all across the country roughly two weeks ago. But back to the masks. So here's the thing with masks, all right? Let's just break it down to the things that everyone can agree on. And then we'll look at some of the controversy. Masks will not prevent you from getting the coronavirus. 
That's pretty much everybody agrees on that. Masks may help to prevent others from getting the coronavirus from you should you have it and be asymptomatic or otherwise. Everyone pretty much agrees that that is, these are, these are factual statements, okay? A mask will not prevent you from getting it, but it may, not that it will, it may prevent others from getting it from you. And so it's being touted as this, you know, do unto others type thing. Then you have the health aspects of the masks, and there is great debate over whether or not wearing a mask is, is endangering your health. And we've seen stories where we have uh, kids that have had uh, great dire consequences from wearing masks while exercising during their school activities. Um, we've seen other reports that say a mask will not affect you at all. You're not actually breathing in extra carbon dioxide. And then you have those who would argue that you are. I have seen young children who do not even know what carbon dioxide is uh, make an argument that they have undoubtedly heard their mother or father make in saying that, uh, well, when I go out, I don't have to wear a mask because that would cause me to breathe in carbon dioxide and I have a health condition that will not allow it, so I don't wear a mask. Well, if that's not actually true, then first of all, you're, you're teaching your children to lie, and secondly, I don't know that we actually have enough data on the mask to say such a thing, although it would seem to be logically true to assume and based on some reporting. But the, the, here's the problem. When we do something like this, you have, you have two sides of the issue, and each side brings forth their own scientific arguments, experiments, and proof, and doctors that say, yes, it is this, or no, it is not this. And then the rest of us go, well, this is the one that I prefer. This is the one that makes me feel better. So this is the side that I'm going to be on. And we completely write off the science, the doctors, the experiments of the other side. Now, I'm not going to, to tell you. Uh, okay. Let me just put it this way. Mask or no mask? It is still our responsibility to do unto others as we would have them do unto us. So, if you're going into a business and that business is now asking of you that you wear a mask if you would like to shop there, or they will deny you service, I encourage you to just put on the mask to walk in the store and then take it off again if you're not a mask person when you get out of the store. That is my, that's what I personally do. I wear a bandana as a quote-unquote mask when I go out and about only in places where a mask is required. Why a bandana? Well, quite frankly, because it has been proven to be the least, uh, <laughs> the least restrictive. I, I want to be getting germs into my body. I want to be developing my own immunities. And a bandana allows me to still do that. Bandanas are more breathable than many of the surgical and medical masks and the ones that are being uh, sewn to conform to your face. So I go with a bandana. And if I come to a store and it says a mask is required, then I put the bandana on. And then when I come out of the store, I take the bandana off. Why do I do this? Well, because quite frankly, I want... I want the baker in Colorado to be able to refuse service to anyone he wants. Because that's his business, and he has a right, I believe, to refuse service to anyone for any reason because it is his business. And if I'm going to stand up and say, well, I believe that that man has the right not to serve something in his store, 
And you might say, well, what do you mean? You right to reserve review service to someone. Okay, I'm not saying that you don't allow someone in your store because of their religious affiliation or their skin color or something like that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the actual service he's providing. He has a right not to provide his service to anyone for any reason. That is freedom. That is capitalism. And so if I want to have the right to say, well, I support him and his ability to not create a cake that sends a message that he disagrees with, well, then I, need to, I, I will also be most consistent by saying, you know what, if I'm going to go to the grocery store and that particular grocery store has said, we won't serve you if you don't have a mask, okay then. I will either go to a different grocery store that does not require me to wear a mask if that is my big issue in life, or I will wear a mask as I shop in that store because I believe that that business has the right to determine what they may or what they will or will not do when it comes to whom they will sell to. But if we are hypocritical on this issue, then we have no leg to stand on the next time the baker is told that he must do such and such or has no right to do such and so on. Whereas if we do comply with the mask edict of various organizations, now we have more of a leg to stand on later when we say, well, remember how it was you, you were allowed to refuse service? Well, we want him to have the same right to be allowed to refuse service. I don't know if that makes sense. Now, we could get into the whole thing about masks in school. I think that's a terrible idea. I think you're going to have more disease and problems than anything else wearing a mask in school. I mean, kindergartners with masks, I mean, that's a slingshot. That is a... That is just... That is just. I mean, so much disgusting germs will be associated with masks in schools. I think... Let the, let the kids... We know that kids are pretty much going to be okay with this thing. Let the kids not wear masks, especially the little kids. And then you have the issue of schools and reopening or not reopening. I, I don't have time to get into that either today. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. We'll see. But I think it is interesting. Well, no, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that because then it will take us down a whole nother <laughs> tangent. And I won't get to where, where I want to go. But so the, the overall uh, theme, I think, for me personally for masks has been, look, do I believe that masks are necessary or even helpful in this situation? Personally, I do not because I think that our bodies are created by God and that it is good for us to develop immunities. I do believe that herd immunity is a thing. I do believe that we are seeing, though we are seeing higher numbers of cases, I believe that is because we have higher numbers of tests being given. I don't think uh, that uh, that masks are the answer. If they were, we could have just put the masks on the prisoners in the prison rather than releasing them into the general public, right? Like, that just seems uh, that just seems like a thing. It also seems like, to me, uh, way back when, in, like, February or March, we were told if we all just stayed home for two weeks, then this would all go away and we would be fine. We just need to stay home for two weeks. And we did, and it didn't go away. And then it was, well, if we all just wear masks, then this will, this will go away and all will be fine. Well, we've been wearing masks. It's not going away. It's not being fine. But while our numbers of cases are increasing our actual deaths and hospitalization times are decreasing. So we are getting better at dealing with this. You have a higher survival chance now. And we were told all along that this whole thing was not about making the coronavirus go away. It was about flattening the curve. Well, the curve we have flattened. Are we seeing a little spike? Yes, but the curve is flattened drastically 
flattened and that was what we were told was the goal not that no one would be able to function in life and that we would shut down our society completely until we had some kind of a cure for a virus that is similar to any other virus we've ever seen in the past and similar to viruses that are going to come back in the future and we have to determine at what point are we allowed to again function as a society and if this is what we have to do anytime there's some kind of new disease what will we do in the future when there are other new diseases? And if the government can force you to wear a mask, will the government also be able to force you to take a vaccine? And if you don't get the vaccine, will you not be allowed to operate? And so I understand that there are all kinds of different dynamics, and I understand that there are lots of questions, and I understand that there is great concern with the masks. But what I, what I want to focus on in this moment is just those individuals. I would encourage you, be careful what your children hear you say, be careful what your children hear you portray, and don't forget forget don't forget that you want to avoid hypocrisy all right if you believe that a business should have a right to refuse service then either wear the mask or go someplace else that's my opinion when it comes to that aspect of the mask like i said i i agree and believe that there are lots of different uh, things we can talk about when it comes to masks specifically s zeroing in here on the uh, wearing a mask in the public places that require you to wear a mask and is that anti-freedom and all of that. Well, again, depends on what you believe and where you think the battle is worth fighting. We can talk about personal liberty or you can talk about what has been a cultural issue in our country for over a decade and that is does a business have a right to refuse service and if we want to fight that fight then we have to be consistent about it. So that's the masks. But I also said that this was the program about masks and musicals. Disney Plus spent a massive amount of money to acquire Hamilton, the Broadway production, for release on July 3rd to its streaming platform. Now, I don't know if it's because so many of my friends have commented about how amazing this is. So many of my, uh, my Christian friends have allowed their you know, there are children to watch this, and everyone has raved about this thing, and, you know, Disney gets it. Disney is like, you know, the safe family place. Um, yeah, so, here's the thing. Uh, I, 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 I watched Hamilton. My sister was coming to town. We were excited about, about seeing this, and so we decided we would watch it together while she was here, because I have Disney Plus, and she loves... Uh, she loves uh, the theater and musicals and everything like that. So we watched it. And I have to tell you, the, the music itself, incredible. The, uh, the storyline, very well written. Um, but I, I really, I'm not, I, I didn't like it. I didn't like it overall. And, and here's the reasons why. One, uh, just there was, there was a lot of, uh, of profanity. And half the time I didn't even catch it until after it was over because the whole thing is like, um, it's, it's, it's well it's a musical and they're singing and sometimes they're singing really fast and sometimes they're like this rap style and I just I was struggling to keep up and I had to turn on the closed captions because I was like I have no idea what's going on um, but uh, there was there was a good deal of profanity and you can't do anything with that with Disney Plus doesn't have a way to go through Clearplay so I would encourage you uh, at least not to watch it with your children it also took some major uh, historical liberties that I personally didn't appreciate, although I understand some of what was needed to, to happen there for uh, for for the storyline. I, I get that they had to put a lot into a little bit of time, 
Uh, it was very fast moving for a two hour, 40 minute, whatever uh, program. It did not seem that long. It was very well done as far as like capturing your attention and keeping your attention. Um, but overall, like the message of the movie I felt was just honestly sad and depressing. King George was hilarious, uh, except for his um, profanity. Uh, I think he just had one. But anyway, um, <laughs> he was my he was my favorite part of the whole thing. And when you know me, major you know daughter of the revolution is like King George was the best part of this thing. That probably gives you a little bit of a clue how it is. I just I don't I'm not I was not a fan. Um, like I appreciate the the artistry. But the message itself, there, there was some good history in it. The, the ending had a lot of good history that I thought was really good and really relevant to our nation today and a message that needs to be, that needs to be heard. In fact, I was, I'm kind of surprised that uh, with all of the wokeism happening in our world today <laughs> that, uh, that Hamilton hasn't been pulled from Disney Plus because it does present a, uh, a pro-America, pro-Founding Fathers uh, message, especially at the end, and so that that I appreciated. But overall, um, the movie itself was just it was it's just not a good it's not a good story. It's not a family friendly story. Um, so if if you haven't watched it yet and you're thinking about watching it, I would encourage you to at the very least watch it before you allow your children to watch it. And I would be very cautious about allowing about allowing your children to uh, to watch to watch that now. <coughs> that said, I also watched another musical because my sister is actually going to be uh, auditioning for this musical. And so she wanted to, to watch it with John and I because we most likely won't get to see her in her performance of it. So she was like, at least you can see what play I'm going to be in. Uh, so we got this uh, musical. I think it was made in the 70s, in the 1970s. It's, yeah, like the 73, I think maybe it was made. Uh, it's called 1776, and it's the story of how the Declaration of Independence came to be. Focuses in on John Adams and uh, and uh, Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin, Richard Henry Lee, um, uh, the 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 guy from Pennsylvania, Rutledge, and it just it's a it's a fascinating look. It's humorous. It's funny. This one, I believe, you can do. Or you can do um, on clear play, and there's not uh, as much in it. There's oh, it's, it's so annoying because the the majority of the of the words, the language, comes from an inconsequential character in the film, and pretty much the only thing he says uh, is profanity. And you'll you'll see if you if you watch it on clear play, you'll notice that basically every time he talks, nothing. It's it's always um, well, you'll see. Um, but uh, other than him. It's a it's a very good look at how our our Declaration of Independence came to be, what our founding fathers were struggling through. It talks about the issue of slavery as it was presented originally in the Continental Congress and how uh, slavery was almost abolished and could have been abolished when our Declaration was written, but uh, it, it, and it explains why it wasn't. And remember, this was made in seventeen or nineteen seventy-three. So before any of the the modern uh, movements happened, uh, this play was addressing uh, or addresses why slavery even was a thing in the early United States. And it's it's very good, uh, very telling. Um, history and it's in my opinion much more historically accurate than uh than Hamilton while being much more family friendly though I still would 
highly recommend clear play hamilton i i would never recommend without clear play uh neither 1776 but hamilton i wouldn't even recommend allowing your children uh to watch at the very least not before you have watched it uh 1776 if you have clear play you could sit down as a family and watch it and i think you would be uh you would be fine and they would well i don't i i don't want to say they'll enjoy it because it is still a musical and if your kids are anything like me when i was younger i didn't appreciate musicals so <laughs> but it might be a good a good date night uh, movie if you want to you want to check that out uh, but both I think relevant to the conversations that we are having in our world today 1776 I would encourage you uh, we watched the director's cut so it had more to it uh, if you haven't seen that one I would encourage you get some get get, get the DVD or the blu-ray get clear play uh, run it through there and then uh, just be be very careful if you're going to watch Hamilton would be my suggestion Amazing things, though. Great men of our past, of our history, that fought for our freedoms, that established the greatest nation in the world. You know, today it seems like we live in a nation of spoiled children who want what they want when they want it, and who will do anything within their means to make you tolerate their intolerance, and uh, who just parade around and throw their wickedness flaunting it in our faces and, and demanding that we comply with whatever might be the latest trend in wokeness and to see that that contrasted to the men and women who sacrificed their very lives and livelihood to create this nation that has given us the freedom to demonstrate and be woke even today is, is really an interesting thing and um I think would be a, a blessing to you. I also think, regardless of what you think of, uh, of Donald Trump as president, if you did not catch his uh, event at Mount Rushmore, I'd encourage you to watch that. I think it was one of his uh, best speeches of his presidency. I think it was very uh, good uh, overall and is just a good balance to what we've seen in our nation uh, in recent days. Just a good reminder that uh, of where we came from of who men whose statues might be being toppled, what they were actually like. And the statue toppling thing, oh my, somebody asked me my opinion on that the other day, and I, we're going to have to say that for another time. I think if you want to take them down, I don't necessarily have a problem with statues coming down. I don't think there should be statues to, uh, to traitors from the Confederacy. It doesn't mean that some of them didn't love Jesus, but I don't think there needs to be statues of them. Uh, but I do think that you know, the destruction of public property is not cool. Graven images also not really cool so i'm perfectly fine if we move them all into museums but uh, yeah i can i can get into that more another time don't have time to today because we're already at over 34 minutes and i told you this was going to be 25 30 minute podcast so i've already exceeded my my designated allotment but thank you so much for tuning in today i hope that if you haven't yet that you will like and subscribe to our podcast if you're here in las vegas we are having church services and we still get to sing because we are not quite uh crazy california just yet so join us. Our address is 6501 West Lake Mead Boulevard. We have services at, uh, at 830, at 945, and at 1130. And then we have a Spanish service at, uh, I believe it's 115. So join us for one of those services, or you can join us uh, online. We'll be streaming our 945 service at experienceliberty.com, and also here on our radio station at KVXL 101.1 FM. Subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends, leave your thoughts, comments, concerns, questions, remarks, 
and I will look through those and we will address them, talk about your issues, your thoughts in our podcast next week. Thanks so much for being with us. Hope you and your family have a great week and we will see you later.